Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, happy hump day, everybody. It is Wednesday, the 23rd of March. Another brand new episode of After 9 is here. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and tell a friend. After 9, every day. Brand new episodes. It's uh, gross outside, by the way. This We just can't catch a fucking break, Kat. Well, yeah, I know. It sucks. I'm hoping it's the last of it around here. Schools are closed today. It's ice this time around, though. I mean, we all just want those nice temperatures, don't we? We do. But uh, here we are. I hope it's the last of it. It's a good reminder, though, like just because it's technically spring doesn't mean that we're going to get this spring like weather we all feel like we should get like tulips should be blooming and we should all be frolicking in fields. But that's not happening. Uh, Thoughts and prayers to our friends in Los Angeles, the first U.S. city to pass six dollars per gallon on average for gasoline. Six dollars per gallon is crazy. Cat Americans are losing it and I can't figure out why they haven't called us. Hey, we're your friendly neighbors up here to the north. If you guys need gas, we've got gas. Just call us. We'll ship you guys some oil. We can turn that six bucks into four bucks real quick. At some point, something's got to give, though, right? I mean, gas here shot up another five cents mm-hmm. a liter at midnight. Average price is $1.759 per liter. And I know there's other parts of the country where it's more. It's always more in those parts. It seems to be a relative increase all across North America. And I don't get it. Can I ask you why this doesn't work? Let me just float an idea by you. And you tell me why this can't work. Here in Canada, we've got all this oil. Tons of it. And then it's mainly in Alberta. Mainly. We have the ability here to put that oil all over Canada so that we as Canadians are using... Canadian oil. Why can't we have, say, the Alberta government sign a deal with like the Quebec government and say, hey, we're going to ship you guys a whole bunch of Alberta oil. You guys ship us a whole bunch of your hydroelectric power. And then we've got green for brown going back and forth. It seems like this is a great way to start using renewable energy a little more efficiently at yeah, home and know. keep the prices down for Canadians. I don't know. Is it a political thing? Like, I wonder. Why doesn't somebody just step up and say, all right, listen, all you provinces in Canada, you come to Ottawa. We're going to sit and have a meeting. Maybe Justin and Jagmeet can do this. The, the prime ministers. Maybe they should sit everybody down at a table and say, all right, listen, enough screwing around here. We're Canada. We're one of the bigger oil-producing nations in the world. Before we ship any oil off any of our coasts to other places, we're going to make sure that we not only have enough oil here at a reasonable price, but we're also going to start stockpiling away some oil so that if the worst happens or if there's a natural disaster or our hydro grid gets attacked, we've still got a strategic reserve of oil. And once we've got a reserve and everybody here can fill up as needed, then we sell off the excess to the rest of the world at market prices. Why can't we do that? Why can't we just get everybody on the same page all using Canadian oil? 
It doesn't make sense to me that we're still screwing around shipping Canadian oil over to other places and then importing Middle Eastern oil into here. I don't know. It doesn't make nothing does. That's why I lead to it's some form of political situation. And maybe there's more to it than we know. I don't really know. I couldn't I couldn't begin to tell you. I don't know, I'm fed up with the gas prices as everybody is. There's no end to sight though here, right? Like I mean there's no end in sight. I wouldn't think so. I I have to think that this is still upward pressure coming from Russia invading Ukraine. And uh, yeah. I don't know if it's going to change anytime soon, uh, especially with the carbon tax going up in what are we at here? Eight days, eight days. The carbon tax goes up in Canada and that's going to tack a few more cents per liter onto every liter that gets pumped. But there is some good news. If you're thinking about going green, yesterday the provincial government announced they're spending $91 million to install charging stations. They're going to be at the en-route rest stops, carpool parking lots, parks, hockey arenas, and more. No longer will you have to run down to Ikea to charge up your car. Which you know happens. People do it all the we, time. I've got a buddy who works near an Ikea. He goes and parks his car, charges it charges up all that. day. Yeah, it's I know. great. I know. You, the same guy I'm thinking of, I believe. Um, yeah, and, and why not? So it's good, to have, it's good to have more options, especially when you're out in public. That's where people would find themselves, oh, potentially needing to charge their car, which is an interesting concept to get used to if you are not in, uh, among those who have an electric vehicle. But the price is going to go up too. I think we all know that. I don't want to sound stupid on this, but I'm probably going to sound stupid. I don't 100% understand how these electric vehicles work. As I understand it, you can get a long and thorough charge, or you can just get like a quick and dirty charge that'll get you from A to B, but it's not a full charge on your car. But you can just plug in for a small amount of time and have enough kilometers to get you to wherever you have to go. What's going to happen, though, if you do run out? If you're on the side of the road and your car is dead, do you have to carry around like a charger with you or will CAA show up and and pump you full of hydro instead of gas? Well, they'd probably have to tow you into the the closest uh, charging station is probably the answer there. That's why some people do opt for a hybrid. So you do have that backup tank and you really hope to never use it. And some people do attempt to charge their car as much as they can. There's not as much room from what I understand, though. It's not like you can get the same amount of charge on a full electric vehicle as you can on a hybrid. But at least, you know, if you take short trips, let's say you're only like five minutes away from work, then a hybrid might be perfect for you because you don't actually need to use that much. You charge it when you get home. It's great. You, but you have that tank for reserve, but hopefully you never have to touch it and you rarely even fill it up. I know some people like that model, but more are going just electric. But yeah, I mean, I assume that that's what, that's what's going to happen is that you would be towed to the nearest charging station. Now in the future, if you think about it, it'll probably be pretty cool to have like CAA, basically, if they're not doing it already, they probably have plans to have a vehicle, which is uh, basically able to charge your car. It's going to cost you money. But if you're stranded on the side of the highway or, or a road of any kind, their vehicle comes along and you have to sit there with a the person for a while. But they'll give you that emergency quick charge thing that you were talking about just to get you back to where you need to go for five thousand dollars. Well, we got 15 minutes. What do you want to talk about here while your car's charging? It's always so awkward. It's always so awkward. You're like, I'm going to look on my phone. I have a meeting to tend to online. Uh, Well, we we will give credit where credit is due. That's good that the province is finally starting to invest in some charging stations. We certainly need it. And that's one of the best ways to get people on a path to being a little more green. Uh, We're going to talk relationships coming up. We're going to talk about some of the shit you put in your body coming up. It's... It's going to be a fun segment on the way. <laughs> fun all the way around. But first off, there's a couple of things I want to touch on. Yesterday, 
uh, driver, 17 years old. He was celebrating his 17th birthday. OPP caught him on the 403 near Brantford going 201 kilometers an hour in a 100 zone. That's a dumb move. There's going to be no leniency for this kid at all. No. And he'll get a very serious stunt driving charge. He's already been issued a court date. His license is suspended for a month. Car is impounded for 14 days. And yes, you have to pay for your car for the 14 days that it's impounded. Every day it gets more and more expensive. How can we are just as hard on pricks like this that would do double the limit? Extremely dangerous. Double the limit on the highway. But we, if have a, a, someone the same age commits a crime with a gun or a weapon, they get protected under the Youth Criminal Justice Act. Why is that? Because I don't understand it. And frankly, I'm not confident that Ottawa is going to change it anytime soon, particularly not after the coalition was announced yesterday. But something's got to give here, guys. And the reason bail and, and Youth Criminal Justice Act and stuff like that is on my mind is on our radio show today. We had two stories that stood out. One of them... Kid flashed a gun yesterday on one of the LRT trains in Kitchener. Cops chased him into the mall. They went to arrest him, and it was another imitation firearm. Big gangsta. Couldn't get a real gun. Jeez. Not that I want them to have a real gun, but I mean, stop screwing around with the pellet guns, pretending they're real. It's stupid. And uh, his female friend jumped one of the cops when the cop was trying to arrest the kid. So she... Where did you think... How did you think that was going to end? Well, this is the thing. I mean, uh. this girl jumped a cop and luckily none of the cops were injured thank god but now just because she has a big mouth and wanted to get involved and try and stop an injustice from being done i.e her 15 year old boyfriend was being arrested for having a fake gun now she's charged with obstructing police assaulting a police officer and uttering threats mm-hmm they say that eventually over time your criminal history will just sort of go away uh, that's not true, especially when you have an assaulting a police officer charge on your record. That's going to follow you around everywhere. Well, and I mean, all of these things that you mentioned, even with the youth and the 17 year old driver that was driving like crazy, that's going to stick with him for insurance purposes. Like, good luck trying to ever spend a decent amount of money on insurance guy. Like, why do these people realize that this is going to follow them everywhere they go? I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm not everybody's perfect. And the parents of those children, I assume they're all living at home still, are probably absolutely mortified. And I definitely don't necessarily pass blame on all of them. We don't know. Every circumstance is different. But at a certain point, like, I, some people make excuses for them. The brain's not fully developed and they don't understand. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. You tell your child at a, the youngest age possible where they can start to understand and conceptualize what is happening and what is right and what is wrong, which is very young, much younger than people want to admit, it seems. What's going to stick with you forever? You will be a loser. Like, but losers like that, though, I'm hearing that story that you're telling about the, the LRT and get flashing the gun and the girl jumping the cop. I mean, those, those losers have been around forever. I went to high school with losers like that who would be like, no, I'm going to stand up for my boyfriend and I'm going to jump that cop because that's not okay. Like, okay, you're probably, you're still a fucking loser today. So sometimes you really can't get through to people. But I feel like every now and again, we can try. We can try. There's one more I want to mention here on the crime front. It was Monday afternoon, 1.15. An elderly lady was just walking through a parking lot at a grocery store. Out of nowhere... This asshole, 27-year-old man, walked up, sucker punched her, and took off. It's fucked up. He's a shithead. He was out on bail. 
What is he? What was he in for when he uh, before he was on bail? Did they say that? No, and they usually don't cross contaminate the two different issues when they put out these media releases. But I'm thinking to myself, why? Here's a guy who is clearly an asshole. I don't know why he was out on bail to begin with. He's clearly a danger to society, and he's clearly got some serious issues if he would just walk up to an elderly lady and sucker punch her out of nowhere. That's insane. Completely random and unprovoked attack. So this guy, someone who would do this, is out on bail. But we left the people who organized the truck protest in jail for a month before they could get bail. It's fucked up. This whole system needs well, to be completely reformed. Yeah. It needs to be overhauled completely because what's happening right now is not justice. And there's no consistency whatsoever. And cat, damn it, it frustrates me. A uh, bit of good news, though. Sick Kids Hospital is taking in three more pediatric cancer patients from Ukraine. We talk about how are we going to help the refugees and where are we going to settle them and what's the best way to do it? Should we put them up in hotels like we did with the Afghan refugees? Should we ask for volunteers to house them and send them money every month? There's a lot of different ways that we could do sure. it. The fact that the Hospital for Sick Kids, which just went through a pretty busy time over the last couple of years, <laughs> yep. is willing to take on even more capacity just to make sure that these kids over in Ukraine that need cancer treatment are getting cancer treatment. That's amazing. And I'm not going to pretend I know anything about the Ukrainian healthcare system. But what I will say is I strongly suspect this is a big upgrade for these kids in the level of treatment that they were getting because Sick Kids is world renowned yeah. for the work yeah. that they do. Yeah, Sick Kids is one of the best hospitals that you can find. So they're in really good hands. And I like to see that. That's good. I hope that everybody's taken care of in that way. I mean, I know we're taking on that many. Have other countries step forward to say, we'll also take them, we'll also take them and not charge them the obscene prices that like, let's say they would charge in the States. Yeah, I don't know, Kat, to be honest with you. I'm just glad that we're doing our mm-hmm. part with the hospital yeah. for Sick Kids That's and... Oh, that's awesome. Really good. Good reminder, by the way, to to donate to the hospital for, for sick kids. And every now and again, they have great um, reasons to do it in lotteries. But you can also just straight up donate to them any any given time. They do great work. Okay, let's switch gears here. Should Toronto sports fans just suck it up and get over it? Or should they have a right to be angry that A, Justin Bieber, who some people don't even really listen to his music but still want to shit on the guy anyway. I'll never yeah. understand how you can hate somebody you don't know. I, I don't understand that. But Justin Bieber designed the next-gen jerseys for tonight against New Jersey. It's funny that they're playing New Jersey wearing new jerseys. <laughs> I love that. It's fun. So tonight is the, the night, and if they decide to wear this jersey one way, because it's reversible, right? It's blue and white on one side, black and white on the other? Uh, blue and black. Blue and black. And black and a goldish color. So here's, oh, that's right. Yeah, here's yeah. the deal. So he did this, by the way, it wasn't just Justin sitting down with a sketch pad. He did it with Adidas and with the NHL, and they have to approve everything. I think people probably know behind the scenes it's a big process. They've been working on these for months, but they just revealed them yesterday ahead of the next-gen game tonight. So these reverse... I think it's cool, by the way, that it's reversible because you're going to want to get more bang for your buck when it comes to jerseys. I feel like they should do this more often. I feel like they've got to stop sucking money out of our pockets by putting out new jerseys all the time. I love the reversal, but that's why I love the reversible concept because, you know, in in one moment, you could be wearing something with Matthews on the back and then you're like, ah, fuck, Matthews is out. All right, well, I'm going to flip this over. Here's Marner. Here's my second favorite player. I like that. I like the home and away thought, so hopefully more is done with this. But anyway, this is special Drewsies because it is uh, Drew has. That's Justin Bieber's um, club clothing line because his logo is that yellow goldish happy face that's what they decided to put inside on one of the sides 
as a maple leaf, though. So you get the Drew House smiley face logo in the middle of the maple leaf. And because of that, they did the they did the stripes on the side. Yeah, it kind of looks like a Bruins jersey, but people are absolutely shitting all over it. Look, nobody is more of a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs than Justin Bieber. He grew up adoring them. He still adores them. He's basically the ambassador without the title, which I think at this point we should probably just give him because we got Drake for the raps. Let's do Bieber for the Leafs. He's a hardcore fan. He knows his shit. He watches his games. He promotes them on his social media. He loves them. So don't think for a second that you need to bash it. Second of all, it is reversible. If you're interested in buying it, just buy it and wear the one side. Third of all, if you're going to fucking hate on it, you don't have to buy it. Like this goes back to quit harping on shit when you, it's an option for you. No one's forcing it on your body. Don't buy it. And you're absolutely right, Scott, because the majority of people who are hating seem to be those who would hate him no matter what it was. They all of a sudden got into the Tim Biebs conversation on on our Facebook page. I can see that. Oh, first he ruins Tambits and then this. News oh. fucking flash. The <laughs> Timbits literally saved Tim Hortons. They did. Financially. Their quarter results were incredible and they will be working with him again. The guy knows how to sell shit and these jerseys are going to be no different. They will sell out. I do believe that. And again, you don't have to buy it. They're about 200 bucks a pop for those curious. Justin Bieber's released some really good music. And if you disagree with me on that, that's totally okay. I can like what I like. You can like what you like. That's cool. He's... uh like you said, basically the unofficial ambassador for the team. I think it's great that they involve this. Not to mention the Leafs star players, Marner and Matthews, uh, and even Nylander, I think, too, to a certain extent, are all real big fans and friends of Mm -hmm. Justin. I am not even a little bit surprised that they brought him in to do this. What you got to do is get over your hatred of Justin Bieber. Now, if your issue is the color because I know that some people are taking issue with that. Yeah. Oh, it's bullshit. You'd never see the Rangers wear Bruins colors. You'd never see the Flyers wear Bruins colors. You'd never see the Red Wings wear Bruins colors, but the Leafs wear Bruins colors. Well, yeah, fine. They do look similar to the Bruins. Black and gold. It's an alternate jersey. They're allowed to have alternate colors. I didn't get Bruins when I saw it. I got Ticats. Those are the tie cats, <laughs> sure. black and gold colors. Sure. And I thought, okay, well, they just played a game in Hamilton last week. It makes perfect sense. The Toronto Rock play in Hamilton, and they've got a black and gold series of jerseys, the Steel City set. So why wouldn't the Leafs? Yeah. I thought that was great. Then just wear the one side. Like I said, then just wear the one side if you do want to support. And I know there's people who are jersey collectors. So you may want to buy it, but you can only you can wear what you want to wear. I assume the guys are going to wear the black and blue anyway. That's the actual Leafs logo side. How much is it? About 200 bucks. How does that compare to... I haven't bought a jersey in so long because I'll be honest with you. I hate how aggressively they come after our money. You know, oh, you're a Leafs fan and we've been shit for years. Okay, no problem. Here you go. We're going to release five new jerseys this year. Here's the alternates. Here's the homes. Here's the aways. Here's the special St. Pat's, St. Patty's Day jerseys and and on and on and on. It just seems like a constant racket to suck money out of our pockets. Yeah, and it's about the same to answer your questions. It could be anywhere between two or sometimes 300, but it depends on what kind of jersey you get. But that's why most people end up with knockoffs. I mean, I think we've all been to games. I notice it right away where you can kind of tell the letters on the back. They're kind of wonky. (laughs) They're not quite straight. They're not quite the exact same as the usual or the original jerseys that you can purchase um, there. For example, at Scotiabank Arena at those sites. Take a look at those fonts and they try. 
These knockoff companies, they try, and a lot of people wear them, and that's fair, I think. Like, if you want to spend 60 bucks, but you're still a fan of the team, who gives a shit? You're still there supporting the team at the game, so who cares? But there are options for you, and most people go with the knockoff uh, route over the legit ones because the legit ones absolutely do cost way more. You know what I'm wondering is if there's politics involved when they make these jerseys. Whoever's in charge of apparel for the Maple Leafs, they're going to have to get these new jerseys and they'll get them custom. Hey, you want to get the new next gen jerseys designed by Justin Bieber? You want a number 34 Austin Matthews? No problem. We've got them in every size. That's a no brainer. Of course, if you're selling apparel for the Leafs, you have to get a lot of Austin Matthews jerseys made. You got to get a lot mm-hmm. of Jack Campbell, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares. There's a lot of jerseys that you need to order for those guys. But do you think they ever have the conversation? Should we even bother getting Morazic jerseys done? Like nobody's going to buy these or just save those for a case by case basis. Yeah, I think that that's exactly what they do. And they do have, have custom for that reason. You can get them custom done, but it does take time. I don't know if they do them on site. I'm curious. I know like the fake ones, they'll do them pretty quickly for you sure. if you want to add some names to the back. But yeah, of course they stock up on the Matthews and the Marner and the Nylanders. That's and why they didn't care about trading Dermot last week because nobody had a Dermot jersey. And even if you did, you're just like, eh. Yeah, I've been there before. Where I, like bought a, we bought a jerseys before. My husband has a collection. It's really like him. It's his jerseys. But I purchased many through the years for his collection over Christmases and birthdays. And it's always the worst when that happens. And then the player gets traded. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I just bought him a $200, $50 jersey or whatever it was. Like, why did I do that? Uh, but some people still, if they're a fan of the team, they'll still find them kind of in a collectible, if you will. Like a FNUF jersey, for example, which was one of the ones I bought him way back when. Jesus. We still what? have it. Wow. Oh, what are we going to do? I'm not going to, what are we going to make it, change it? Oh, it is embarrassing, but if, yeah. If you wander around PEI long enough, you'll probably find him, actually. He's not doing anything. Yeah. It's, uh, let's switch it up here. Let's have some fun. Let's talk about uh, snacking. 2,000 people asked about their snacking habits and snack food companies pay for these surveys because they want to know, well, how can we get more into your head? And when they ask people, when you want to sneak a snack, nobody else around, you just want to sit and chill and munch. Where do you go? Bed was number one. Oh. Bedroom was the number one place that people want to sneak a snack in secret. Huh. I would have assumed like the couch in front of the TV over the bed because some people are more particular than others, though. Some people are cool with snacking on the bed. As you mentioned, obviously, it's quite a popular choice. But then aren't you, it, then it's kind of gross, though. Like, it depends on what you're eating, right? But it gets crummy sometimes. Yeah, it's crummy and there. gross. And you f- fucking peanut butter on your pillow or whatever it is you <laughs> snack on. It's true. That's the kind of shit that you got to deal with. Um, bathtub. Okay. Oh, I, I thought know, you'd have a no, red flag on no, that. No, I wouldn't snack in the bathtub, but a glass of wine. is that That's different though, right? Well, you consider wine a I meal a, anyway. That so That is a snack. <laughs> uh, enough people said it that it made the top five. There are people that will intentionally go out to their shed to have a snack. What? Some people treat their shed like a second room in their house or a second version of their house. Whether they made it a smoke shack or a man cave or whatever, they'll go out there and sit down on an old fucking lawnmower and just mow down on whatever they're eating. <laughs> sit on a lawnmower. 
lawnmower well, and I don't eat. Know. That's like the place of shame. Is that where you go to hide what you're eating? Is that like, I don't want them to know I have it because I don't want to share it, or I don't want them to know I have it because it's like gluttonous and disgusting. And so I'm going to go sit in the lawnmower in the shed and eat it. I got the diabetes, <laughs> but I really want to eat some Oreos. <laughs> this is where I hide my Kit Kats. <laughs> Wife's a bit of a ball breaker, you know. She'll yeah. be upset if, I, if she finds out. But that does happen. Sneaky snacking happens. Of course it Absolutely. does. Absolutely. What about on the toilet? Because it came in at no, number seven. shut up. Get the fuck out of here. There's people who eat no, while there's they're not. doing. No, there's not people who eat on the toilet. Top ten. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. That's gross. Well, maybe we should start installing cupboards more often there just for your snacks in the toilet. <laughs> Because people are eating on the toilet. That in so many ways is unhygienic in every way I could possibly think. Why? What's unhygienic about it? Because your bum is basically plugging the hole for a little while. It's still all around you. It's a little bit of a germy area. You to put like a, what are you going to prop a bag of Tostitos beside you well, on the counter while you take a shit? I could see if I <laughs> dropped a chip. I'm not going to eat it. There's no five second rule in the bathroom. It's still so gross. But still, I, I don't know how awful it is it's weird it's just weird that's all like that's weird for me but i guess for some people it might be normal i don't know who you people are but it's weird we're talking about the weird places that people snack uh this one stood out to me laundry room was number 12 is that you're folding laundry and you like to eat chips while you're doing it or do you just go and like chill in the laundry room and have a snack that's what I'm wondering about there. Yeah, I'm hoping that, it pro- or I'm assuming, I guess, that that would be you trying to multitask. Like, um, I could picture like a busy mom. That would be a prime snack spot because you're trying to get laundry done. You haven't eaten all day. You're super busy running around. Okay, I'll just fold and then I'll put my, you know, whatever, my chopped up cucumbers on the counter here and I'll eat while I fold and maybe try to multitask because we're good multitaskers. Maybe that's the case. Um, in a child's playhouse, is that when mom or dad's just had a fucking enough of the day? You just go and play, hang out in the kids' playhouse and snack away in there? Mm. Everyone will leave me alone if I go here. I've never thought of that. We have a playroom, and I let my kids snack in there. But it's so filthy at the end of it. They got goldfish crumbs on the floor. It's terrible. I have to vacuum it every single day. But well, I That's do good let if you run eat. out of your own snacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is good. Like, I mean, I, I, it's good for, for certain reasons. It's good to have a spot, right? Just a spot where they can snack other than a table because it makes them excited. But I've never thought about going in there myself. Like, I'm going to grab a snack and sit in the playroom or a playhouse or whatever. Never crossed my mind. But again, I think that goes back to a sneaky spot where you don't want to be seen. While we're talking snacks, and I know this is a little off topic, but I I saw this in my notes this morning, and I wanted to ask you about it specifically because I don't eat cupcakes. Maybe this is going to be an unpopular opinion. Maybe some of you will find this hard to believe. I think cupcakes are bullshit. They've gone way out of control over the years. Now there's too much icing and too much shit on top. (laughs) The ratio is outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one of those people that likes cake and doesn't care about the icing. I don't care about the icing. So a cupcake to me is just useless. But Anne Hathaway says she's come up with a hack to eat cupcakes that's quite useful and prevents frosting from going up your nose. She did not come up with it. This has been around for years. I happen to catch the Kelly Clarkson show, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. But this has been around for years. I've done this for years. So how does it work? So what happens is you got your cupcake, like you said, copious amounts of icing on the top. That's usual. Gross. So what she says is absolutely true. 
when you go to bite the cupcake, there's so much icing that like you're afraid you're going to get on your nose, your cheek, your fucking eyebrows or something like that. <laughs> so what you do is you actually grab it by, you know, the, the cupcake top, if you will, and you pull off the bottom, pull it off completely. And then you stick the bottom on top of the icing. So basically it's like a cupcake sandwich. Oh, that can be. That's actually kind of smart. A cleaner way to eat it. Yeah. If you're worried about that. I mean, if you don't have like a fork candy and you don't want to eat it with a fork or something and you do have to use your hands, that's a good way to do it. Let's say hypothetically you're going out on a date sometime soon or maybe think back to your last date. How curious about the other person were you when you agreed to go out with them? Were you curious enough that you thought, I better do a little recon here. I better get a background check done on this Mm -hmm, person. mm -hmm. Because it turns out there's a lot of people, particularly online daters, who are coming clean on the fact that they've done a pretty thorough private investigator Mm -hmm. type research project on the person they're going out Mm -hmm. with. 73% have in the past researched their date before they went out with them. Yeah, I absolutely. Can I just say, if I was single right now, and I was deciding to date, and I decided to go online, which is still like, it's not a concept that I'd be used to, but let's say I did that, no problem. I'm swiping through and I find someone, we start chatting, everything seems normal. I'm absolutely Googling that person. I'm probably contacting my contacts at the police, at the local police, just to check in and make sure that name isn't a red flag. I'm probably doing some recon. I don't know, because I don't like, I'm the type of person I don't like to waste anyone's time. Myself, that person, whatever it might be. So if I happen to Google you, and let's say you turn out to be, let's just say it's not, it's not something hardcore like you're a criminal. Let's just say it's something as maybe simple as you lied to me and you said that your job was this. And then I happen to f- stumble upon your LinkedIn profile or something and I see that that's not your job title. What? That's kind of a red flag that you're, and maybe it's something that's not too bad, but maybe it's like a full blown lie. Like you said, you managed the company. You are a level entry employee at this company. You're full of shit. Huh. Lying could be a big red flag for me. So uh, for those reasons, maybe, and maybe some people hear that and think that's too hardcore. But again, I just don't want to waste my time because any li- little red flag would make me in the middle of that date when I find something out, be like, oh, that's a waste of my time. I, uh, I don't think that I would ever be somewhere on a first date with someone where I was in too vulnerable a position and I couldn't get out of it if I needed to. If it turns out that I just had poor judgment and ended up going out with like a psycho killer or something like that, <laughs> I think I could probably on wood, sir. survive the date, get through that night and then just not do that again. But like I said, 73% admit they've done it. Let's take a deeper dive. Checking their social media accounts. 49% have checked the other person's social channels before going on a date. One in four have also snooped on the person's friends and family that they found from the social media. Some people think they're like a goddamn detective. The way they figure shit out on Facebook. Yeah, I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it now with um, some of my friends who are single or maybe they're, they're dating their person, but they definitely did a little recon. Like, oh, this is the person's, what is this? Ex-girlfriend? What is it? Oh, it's a sister. Oh, let's click on the sister's profile. Oh, it's open. Oh, there's him when at her birthday party. Done the full-blown thing. I, it sounds creepy to some people, but if you're curious, it means you're interested. 
Is there anything to that? Like, if you're curious and you're going that far to do it, it means, okay, I could really see something here. Let me just double check that there's nothing weird before I get any deeper. So if you're just using that person for a night out or a free meal or something like that, there's probably not a lot of need to look into them. But if you do look into them, it's probably an indication that on some level, this could be going somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got it. Googling their name. 37% say they do it before dates. I'm curious, though. How do you know you got the right person and what are you going to do with that information anyway? Maybe you Google the person and, ah, oh, shit, they came up in, in a local paper in southwestern Ontario because they had a DUI once. Okay. And yeah, by the way, they do publish that information now in case you didn't know. There's another great reason to not drink and drive. Uh, would that change things? Would that prevent you from going out with that person? Oh, it would definitely at least give me an alert. Uh, and maybe it was a... Call an Uber. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'll I be, guess I'm driving. I, either I'm driving or I'm making sure that you're good. But it depends on what had happened. I mean, it's good to know. that. I don't know. It's good to know that information, I suppose. And some people believe, oh, that's just, you're just invading my privacy. I know there's people who think that way. But like you said, I mean, it's all fair. It's not like I hired a pri- it's not like someone hires a private detective. If they do that is a bit far. But if it's just googleable information that's easily accessible, maybe you should ask yourself why you're such a asshole and why you do the things you do that's out there on social media. Well, Google doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. I mean, uh, yeah. in in my case for example, uh, half the stuff that you would find comes up from social media. So you're going to see a good mix of people saying, "Hey, you are trustworthy and you would have my vote if you ever decide to run for office. And then the other half is you're a, a libtard asshole and fuck you and you're a piece of shit. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of it is uh, subjective. I don't know that you can necessarily look at someone's social media account or run a Google search and get the total picture on them. Yeah, it'll tell you some things uh, like this here. You mentioned their career and trying to see if they're lying. 30% say they'll look them up on a networking site like LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn. All those titles are pretty fake fake anyway, though, aren't they? Sure. Mo- like, some of them are. Right. Sanitation engineer. Uh, people put that because they take out the trash at their office. What? You can't call yourself an engineer unless you're an engineer. See? Stop it, people. No. Stuff like that happens all the time. Uh, 14% of people... This is a compelling number when you think about all the single people in the world. 14% have paid money to have an actual background check done professionally. One in seven people have had a professional background check done. Oh, I feel like that's people who maybe been burned in the past. Like, what do you think? This is someone who, these are people who maybe have been burned and started dating someone. They thought it was a certain way. And then it, it's kind of like a PTSD thing where it's like, okay, from now on, I'm doing this. There's some people who are really, really, really good at conning other people, though. There's some people who you can be convinced that you and that other person are in love. They've got a whole family, for example, in yeah. another city. Yeah. That's stuff that I don't know that you could find without having had a professional background check done. Yeah. I mean, and even and even without a background check, there's still people who are who are cons and aren't caught yet. And you should watch the Tinder swindler on Netflix. And you know what I mean? There's people like that out there that just con. They date and they con and they date and they con and they move on to the next person. But it's, if they're good enough, there's no red flags there. But at least if you can see something like, hey, watch out for this guy named Greg um, Kinsman. Sorry if there's a Greg Kinsman listening, but which is a random name. But watch out for this guy because 
and it pops up on Facebook because he just swindled my friend out of money, like conned her and fake dated her. Okay, that's information that's pretty damn good to know. That's an extreme scenario, but... There's also people, not a huge number, but 9% have checked the other person's playlists on a music app like Spotify. Can I say, I would never even think about that. Like, that wouldn't even cross my mind. What information do you hope to gain by checking out their playlists on Spotify? And do people break up with or not continue to pursue people who don't like the music that they're into? Like, I know this can be a thing, right? I know it can be a thing. I've got a couple friends who is one of them is hardcore into country and the other one's like, fuck that, top 40, pop. That's my thing. Or one person's into hip-hop R&B, the other person's into, like, jazz or something. You can still make it work, I think. Music isn't everything, but maybe for those people who believe, no, music is everything, and I want to be able to jam with you and, and, I don't know, bump and grind to fucking 112 because that's my shit, <laughs> then you'd want to know the information, I guess. But, yeah, honestly, I wouldn't have even thought of that. The presets radio, in the radio, on the radio in their car, that I would look at, but I'm also in radio. Yeah, I mean, oh, I check that sort of shit all the time. Sure, in I fact, do it still. I judge if I get in my girlfriend's car, which she drives 99% of the time, but if we're going out somewhere and I get in the car and she's listening to a station that I don't approve of... There's going to be a conversation. Uh-oh. There's going to be a guilt trip or an incredibly invasive interview. Like, why? I just need to understand why you would listen to that trash. Like, yeah. just explain to me what is good about that. Like, were you having a bad day? Did you just need to hear someone in a worse situation than you are? I don't understand why you would listen to that. So it, it just turns into a whole ordeal that just in case I happen to get in the car, I'm pretty sure she flips it back to one of our stations before she gets out. Did you have a mild stroke? Why are you listening to this? <laughs> um, saving is hard. Saving money is really, really Especially hard. Especially now, right? Oh, tell me about it, Kat. I mean, there's people who need and want to put away a little bit of money. How? When most of your paycheck, more of it than ever before, is being taken up with gas, groceries, uh, general inflation, daycare costs. It's remarkable that anyone with a regular average job can afford to live in southern Ontario right now. If you can manage to save away money, good on you because I don't know how you do it. But because saving is so important... They wanted to get a better idea of how people are saving and where their priorities are. So they asked a very simple question. If you wanted to save up to go on a really nice vacation, Mm -hmm. which I think all of us can agree would (laughs) be amazing. Sounds lovely. Anywhere, really. Anywhere warmer than here would be great. And they asked them what they'd be willing to sacrifice in the name of saving for that thing. So let's get a little judgy here. Okay. Would you be willing to give up concerts for six months to a year? Every single time. Every single time. Every single. We had a conversation with Dave, in case you missed it, on the last Friday edition we had, which was uh, two Fridays ago now, of the podcast where we talked about concerts. And I think that Dave took it personally because he's a concert guy. So he would probably say no to this. I'd be curious to see. But he likes live music. He loves live music. And and if you're into live music, that's a tough one for you. For me, I'm I'm good going without a concert for six months. Yeah, no problem, man. Make it a year. 71% said no problem. That also means that there's 29% who couldn't even stop going to concerts for six months, even though they really wanted to go on that vacation. Could you not buy any new clothes for six months? 
Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, me too. I could do that. 64% said yes. That means there's also a hell of a lot of people that just, I can't commit to not buying new clothes sometime in the next six months. Can't do it. Sorry. Take my vacation away. Oh, vacation over clothes for me. Could you give up things like massages and spa treatments to save a little bit of money? Only 63% said, yeah, no problem. Oh, really? Only 60, 27%, more than one in four people, even though they really, really, really want to go on that vacation. And they can, if they just save a little bit of money, couldn't avoid those spa and massage treatments. Couldn't I just do all that on my vacation too? Like, you yeah, I won't, I won't do it for six months or so, but on my vacation, I'm doing it. No movies for six months going to a theater. No going oh. to the theater for six months. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think I, could, I think I could do that. I mean, I've been used to not going to the theater. I think we all have um, over the last couple of years. And I just started to go back to the theater now. I feel like I could do six months. Yeah. 60% said they could give up movies for six months. Yeah. I think it kind of depends on the movie. Sure. You know, I mean, if, uh, if another new Batman movie is coming out, well, maybe you don't want to take that deal. Yeah. When Top Gun comes out, I might not uh, even take that deal. It's taking forever, Scott. But 40% of people say they just could not give up going to the theater for six months, even if it meant getting to go on that good vacation. Here's another one. Cook at home. Avoid restaurants for six months. Could you do it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I, did, I basically did it. So, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, I could do it. 36% said they could. Yeah. That's an awfully That's, big number of people that say they could, they could not, not do it. just eat food that they cooked at home. Do they not like their own cooking in this scenario or is it too much work and time? You know, I think everybody's different. But one thing I will say when it comes to cooking is I'm in a real good groove right now. Things are going great with the girlfriend. And and because she works a lot later hours than I do, I do the bulk of the cooking and fuck, I'm good. I am having so much fun getting creative with it. Well, she actually has introduced me to a lot of ingredients that I never used to cook with. I had never made bok choy before until she got me into it. Now I'm having bok choy like three nights a week. It's a superfood. It's great. It's a great uh, bok choy is great. Yeah, I was steaming. I know Italians are going to shit all over me for this. I was steaming rapini. Turns out it's a hell of a lot better in a pan with some oil and garlic. So, you know, like I've turned that stuff around to the point where I actually like my food better than I like restaurant food. I can cook a fantastic ribeye steak. I feel like better than the keg right now. I'm Mm -hmm. dialed in. Well, it's cheaper, too. And it's a hell of a lot. Not by much anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you make a point. Grocery stores are insane. $35 for one steak. Get the fuck out of here. Come on. I'm eating Nuts. frozen burger patties. <laughs> That's what I'm eating because I ain't spending 30 bucks on a steak. Nope. All right, guys. Uh, that brings us to 40. We will leave it there for today, but we will have a brand new episode of After 9 coming your way tomorrow. Uh, have a good day. Be careful out there. It's going to be very slippery, very icy mm-hmm. later on, especially outside of the GTA. But wherever you're listening, hope you have a fantastic hump day and... Go Leafs go. Go Leafs go. Go Bieber go too. Haters. A 101-year-old man who dropped out of high school in the 1930s just got his diploma more than 80 years later. Asked what he's going to do now. The guy said, spring break.
indoor concert goers and, and fans at sporting events here in L.A. will no longer have to show proof of vaccination starting April 1st. I guess they figure if we get hit with a new variant, they can just say April Fool's, but... Um, <laughs> Zoom has introduced a new avatar feature that lets users show up to meetings as an animal. Like a dog, a rabbit, or a fox. Yeah. There's nothing like uh, getting laid off by a fox in the Bahamas. <laughs> Meanwhile, to protect yourself online, experts are saying that you should make your passwords longer than eight characters. Mm. Americans are like, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, exclamation points. <laughs> The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.